How does Utah's offense match up against UCLA's defense? And what grades have Utah football players earned so far through three games in the 2023 season? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You can go to birddogs.com slash college or enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all caps, no spaces, for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't you want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be doing some grades. I'm going to be grading each position group. For, for Utah so far on the season. And that's going to be offense in the first segment, or excuse me, offense in the second segment, defense in the third sec- segment. But first, want to pick up kind of where we left off yesterday when previewing Utah's defense versus UCLA offense, where I think Utah has a, a, a very nice advantage against them, to then talking about UCLA's defense taking on Utah's offense. And before we can really break this matchup down, we need to understand what the UCLA defense is. And unfortunately, that's a little hard to do. Because also, like I discussed on yesterday's show, Utah has games against Florida, against Baylor. UCLA has Coastal Carolina as the best team they've played so far, and then San Diego State, and then after that, it was I think it was North Carolina Central. It's not a good game either way. So just Utah's played two Power Five programs, and one of those being Florida, who just got a pretty good win, and a Baylor team that I still think is eventually going to figure themselves out and has has a lot of playmakers on defense versus. Coastal Carolina at home, and then at San Diego State. Like those just, Utah's clearly played two really, really tough games, and I just don't feel like UCLA has. And I think Coastal's a solid program. I do. I think they're good, but it's just such a step up in competition for them to be facing this Utah team. So that's where it's hard for me to evaluate and be like, like, yes, their defense is is executing here, and they're doing this correctly, and they're doing that. But I'm like, okay, how are they going to do it when you're facing against a Utah team that is a top 15 team, the 11th ranked team in college football right now? And I think after this week, we'll have a really good case to be top 10 because I do expect them to beat UCLA. So it's just something I'm very curious about. If we're looking at what they've done defensively in their game so far on the season, they beat Coastal Carolina 27 to 13. I think their defense deserves a lot of credit in a lot of ways in that game because the offense did struggle to get going. But there was some issues defensively for UCLA in that one. And we'll discuss those in a second. They won against San Diego State 35 to 10. That was really domination by the Bruins. They look really complete in that one. And then against North Carolina Central. 59 to 7. But as I mentioned, the most intriguing one to me is when we talk about um, Coastal Carolina. Because when you dive into that one, like I said, 27 to 13, really good win, right? But that was one where Coastal Carolina was hanging around. UCLA didn't really pull away until the fourth quarter, 27 to 13. Now they didn't start Dante Moore, so all that stuff involved too. But while the defense did a good job holding Coastal Carolina in check, and yes, they forced turnovers and key opportunities to help them out, they did give up a lot of yards. Let's look at Coastal Carolina's drives in this game. Their first drive was a nine-yard drive, and they missed the field goal after that. Their next one was a 16-play drive for 75 yards, and, and a field they made the field goal there. Then they had to punt, but then at the end of the half, they went 13 plays for 51 yards still. Then a nine-play drive for a touchdown to begin the second half. Then a nine-play drive with an interception that ended. So give them credit for turning the ball over. Once again, you get a team in Coastal Carolina who is moving the ball on you. 
Um, then you get a 10 plays and a missed field goal late in the game too. And then after that, I will give how the UCLA Bruins defense really closed the game strongly. They forced uh, three and out for the Coastal Carolina offense, picked them off, uh, forced them down, and then forced them to fumble. So a great end of the game, but I just mentioned, what was that? That's a lot of, they allowed six drives over nine plays. That's the number. That That's a little bit alarming to me. Like, that's where I'm like, but also it's, that's week one in the college football season. So I'm also like, how much of that can I take? This is what's hard when you're three weeks into the season. I, I don't feel you've really been tested. You haven't gone into a hostile road environment to play a, a really tough power five team. You, you played San Diego State. It was near, hey, nearly a power five team, but even even at that, they're not even up to that, to that level yet. And I like San Diego State. I think they're a good program. But once again, this is just, we're comparing Utah, who's played Baylor and Florida, to Coastal Carolina, to the opponents for UCLA being Coastal Carolina and San Diego State. Those are clearly not as good teams. So that's where it's hard to evaluate this in some ways. It's hard for me to look at and go like, yeah, this UCLA defense is going to come in here because their defensive line has looked pretty good this year. Law two, their pass rusher, four sacks already. He's a force, and I think he, I think he is really good. And I think the defensive line is solid overall, but Coastal Carolina had a lot of success through the air. I think that's one area where, especially if Cam Rising's healthy, Tune in tomorrow's show. We're going to be talking about Cam Rising South because we did get a little bit of an update on that. Um, we, with Coastal Carolina in their game, I mentioned the, those long drives. A lot of the yards came through the air in that game. Overall, Coastal Carolina only ran for 56 yards, but Grayson McCall had 271 passing yards. And yes, he did throw two interceptions, so credit the Bruins there, but you, you let a Coastal Carolina quarterback throw for 271 yards on you that's going to concern me a little bit if Cam is back and just in general for, you know, getting Nate Johnson more comfortable. This doesn't, I just, what I've watched as well on tape, I didn't see at one of the best secondaries in the Pac-12. I'll say that. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe UCLA comes in. Maybe they completely shut down to Utah's passing attack, but we'll, we'll talk about it in the second segment too. I mean, Utah's passing attack has also been an issue because of, you know, you have quarterbacks in there who they're Bryson has struggled at times. And you once again, just aren't the best throwers of the football at the collegiate level. Nate Johnson has his strengths. Bryson Barnes, I think is a very capable backup, but no one is arguing there amongst the best quarterbacks in college football when it comes to distributing the football. So like I said, we'll talk more about that in the, in the second segment, but going back to that coastal Carolina game, yeah, 271. You had a guy like Sam pinky for coastal Carolina with nine receptions for 139 yards and a touchdown. And on that touchdown catch, he really mossed a Bruins defender. This is a game I would love to see. Utah give Devon Bailey some chances. I really think he needs to get more involved. And I think he should get more involved because I still think it's Devon Bailey has not fallen off. I just think he doesn't have a guy like Cam Rising who does a good job giving him opportunities to make plays down the sidelines. And just in general, I feel like Utah's missed Bailey a little bit more than they missed some of the other guys in, in general. Because I do think that I'll give Mikey Matthews and Money Parks this, right? Like they're good at separating, they have the speed and all that. And they, they may even be a little bit better at it than Bailey at times. But I still think there's ways to get Vele more involved. And I think he you, he's a guy that they need to trust more and have missed numerous times on the season. Devon Vele should be over hundred yards already on the season. If Cam Rising was in, he absolutely would be. So we'll it'd be interesting to see how much he can pick up kind of steam going forward. Uh, once Cam gets back, if Cam ends up playing too. So the secondary, like I said, I, I, I think their secondary can be had. I think money parks, Mikey Matthews, I think Manier McLean, if he's able to play, we know he's nursing an injury. It's it from what Kyle Whittingham said. They're trying to get him back. Too. I'd love to see Thomas Yasmin. I really think the pass catchers can go off for Utah in this game. I think the UCLA Bruins defense, defensive backs can be have. I think the D-line is pretty good. Once again, Latu is the guy who only really concerns me. Like, yes, they get back there. They create pressure. But And Utah did struggle picking up twists and different things. So that is where you could exploit a little bit of what's been at times. I won't call it an overall weakness, but at times been an issue or, or slash weakness, you could say, for Utah is their ability to pick up pressure when it's brought or just in general pass rushers winning, right? Like Spencer Fano 
has gotten beat a fair amount so far to begin the season, just as like a one-on-one rep, like you got to win your assignment here. And and Spencer Fano has lost that rep. He, he's also won it at times, credit to him, but there's also key third and longs where it's like, oh, Spencer's getting drove back in by a well, Weber State defensive end, and you're only going to play defensive ends that are better than Weber State's, of course, going forward on the season. So it's just something to watch for and interesting to watch. So, yeah, the defensive line is pretty good. I, I think that's going to be a strength. I think that'll be a good back-and-forth battle, Utah line. Bruins defensive line. I do think they'll, and the Bruins linebackers are solid. I think they'll make some tackles, but I also think same thing. Like if Utah can get up to the second level, they will be able to spring some big runs because I think they will be able to collect those guys at times. But I, I really think the Utah, I don't, I just wasn't that impressed by the defensive backs and what little film I've seen. Once again, so hard to tell because of the lack of competition, quality competition in terms of the P5 level. So that that's where it's going to be interesting to see. I do think the Utah offense will have success against this Bruins defense, but I don't see Utah scoring over over the 30 points. Like they had 31 last week. I'd be very surprised if they got that again this one. Because I do think this is a talented UCLA defense. I just think Utah has matchups and things they can exploit, especially with Andy Ludwig as the offensive coordinator for the Utes. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, and uh, we're going to continue to break down the matchup between the Utes and the Bruins on our next couple episodes this week. So stay with us on Lockdown Utes. We'll be discussing those matchups tomorrow. But first, before we dive fully on into Pac-12 play and the Pac-12 season, what's going to happen? I think it's a good way to kind of preview the state of each Utah position by giving them a letter grade. So that's what we're going to be doing, giving a grade to each Utah position group on both sides of the ball when we come back for our second segment in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretchy khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts because those regular shorts, they're made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like a khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird dogs are functional for any occasion, golf, going on a date, evening, out, pool, workout, lounging, work, recording a podcast, of course, too. So bird dogs have become my short of choice and they can become your guys' short of choice as well. I love wearing my bird dogs all the time. And now you guys can too, because you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter the promo code locked on, excuse me, locked on utes or enter the promo code locked on utes at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order once again that's birddogs.com slash locked on utes for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you so make sure you guys head over once again and use that promo code locked on college i believe i said locked on utes a moment ago sorry it was a little bit of a, a confusing thing there so locked on college um officially is the the code as is the code for all of our stuff that you guys cash in on with our uh, our channel so make sure you guys use those to get your bird dogs once again locked on college also want to talk to you guys about another one of our great friends of the show uccu learn and earn the uccu mobile bank app that pays your entire family to learn about money kid looks kids look to parents to become more financially literate parents they don't always ha- know the answers learn and earn breaks down financial topics into fun bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia every time a family member completes a topic they earn points that can occur and be redeemed for gift cards to stores like amazon apple sephora walmart nike and more there's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can complete, compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and earn is inside the UCC mobile banking app, so play anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and earn, part of UCC's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. Alrighty, coming back into this one, let's talk about the 
state of each Utah position group right now. I'm going to give them a letter grade through three games overall. I will say before we do that, um, shout out Spencer McLaughlin. I'm, I was actually on his show. Um, if you guys are listening to this after you finish Locked On Utes, your first listen of the day, make sure you guys check out Locked On Pac-12. Me and Spencer talk Cam Rising's availability, also the huge game between Washington State and Oregon State, and just some other fun Pac-12 topics. Uh, always enjoy doing his show. So in honor of Spencer and just in general, I'm very fa- uh, parched. It is. Yeah, it's parched. Um, I'm going to take that second segment sip real quick. All righty, let's finish strong. For the Utah offense, let's start with the Utah offense. Second segment, or excuse me, third segment, we'll do the Utah defense. Uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. And also, pl- I'd love for you guys to play along with me. Give me your letter grades in the comments below. I'm going to be going through and I'll be reacting to them throughout the day tomorrow. So make sure you guys tell me what you think each position group deserves a grade. Of course, you got to start with quarterbacks. It's all the rage, right? And I think for the Utah quarterback position overall, I'd give them a B. I thought they managed the game pretty well against Florida, right? Bryson Barnes with the huge pass. Nate Johnson had a couple nice runs. Offense wasn't able to do a lot in the second half, so that's where you have to penalize the quarterbacks a little bit. And look, this is a Utah team that wanted to run. They wanted to run the ball more so like the game was the game plan was for Utah to run the ball. Like there just wasn't a lot. Like the game didn't fall on the quarterback's shoulders. We know that. Um, then so week one, I like I said, I think week one, uh, they managed the game well. Then we look at week two. An abysmal offensive performance by Utah for most of that game until the fourth quarter when Nate Johnson took over. So that would have been probably a C performance by the quarterbacks, maybe even a, a D performance, you could argue in some ways, for oh, before the fourth quarter and before Nate Johnson had that long drive because then that bolstered it up. And then obviously Nate Johnson looked really good against Weber State. So overall, I'm going to give Utah quarterbacks a B. This is a Utah offense that does not run through their quarterbacks right now. We know Nate Johnson's only operating 50% of the playbook. But I think Nate Johnson's been very effective when operating that playbook. Utah, of course, has found success with Nate Johnson. They had success at times with Bryson Barnes, too. And this Utah team is 3-0. And still part of the 3-0 puzzle that this Utah team has put together is their quarterbacks being able to execute and make plays at time. It's not been constantly consistent, but they've been able to do it in key moments. And that is why I think they deserve a, a B for this grade. Now to the running backs. This is the only position on offense I did give an A-plus to. I feel like the running backs have been really good. I just feel like when there's a hold, Jaquindon Jackson, Jalen Glover, Makai Bernard in the first game, unfortunately lost to the season now, they did a great job hitting it. I think these guys, and they were also capable, on Jaquindon's long run against Baylor, he broke like four or five tackles. I mean, Jaquindon is incredible. And Jalen had multiple broken tackles throughout the Baylor game too, and they obviously executed very well against Weber State. I really feel like the Utah running backs are playing at a high level. I could be talking lowering this in A a little bit, but... I, whenever I watch the film, I just don't feel like the Utah running backs are a problem. I feel like they do a good job hitting the hole for the most part. And whenever like a run doesn't work, it's usually because of something the offensive line let through. It's the reason that NFL the running backs have a, such a hard time getting paid in the NFL, right? Their success is so dependent on the offensive line because it's just not realistic to break four tackles every play. You just have to have that offensive line executing up front because it's easy to run straight ahead when you have five guys doing a good job moving those big bodies out of the way rather than if multiple of those big bodies keep breaking through, you're just not going to be able to break as many tackles. So I gave the running backs an A+. I think they've done a really good job so far this season. Wide receiver is where I would give my first and only incomplete grade. I think it's hard to evaluate the wide receivers because as much as I gave Bryson and those guys a B for executing, I think you could also make the case that like the wide receivers haven't put up some of the numbers we've been hoping for because Cam Rising's not there. I feel like I've, I've seen multiple plays this year where um, we found, and I should say the B incomplete is also just for the tight ends. I should have, instead of wide receivers, I'm calling this pass catchers in general, because I've seen missed throws to these guys. I feel like they've done a pretty good job creating separation. 
at times, and they just haven't been able to be maximized because you get a, a quarterback who started his very first game against Weber State, so he's still a little raw getting used to a feel for vision. And a guy in Bryson Barnes, he's very up and down. He's going to make some throws, and he's going to miss some throws. And the ability to make some throws is why I still gave Bryson a B, right? But he's not making all the throws, hence why he's not at an A, or, or those guys in general weren't at an A. They're, because there are missed opportunities and missed plays at times, and you have to count those in. But once again, even on those misses, I feel like the wide receivers are open on those plays. There's definitely been times where no one's been open this season. But overall, Money Parks, Mikey Matthews. I, I said Devon Bailey, I feel like they've really missed out on him, but Money and uh, it's awesome to see Money Parks with 138 yards, Mikey Matthews with 120, uh, Maneer McLean going off last week too. And as I said, I still feel like Micah Pittman and Devon Vela are the two guys that are really going to pop once Cam Rising gets back and healthy. And I think we'll continue to see Money Money Parks and um, Mikey Matthews to continue to make plays of all over course. So I gave the wide receivers a B plus because I just feel like what's the wide receiver's job? It's to get open, bring in passes. I feel like they've done a good job of that overall. So I think they deserve a B plus. Last position grade for the offense. Um, offensive line. I struggled with offensive line a lot. Cause as you guys know, I've been a little critical of the offensive line at times this year, but I think it's also at times I'm a little overly critical, right? Like if I'm looking at, okay, um, Utah quarterbacks don't get sacked a lot overall, like Utah will have a negative run, but then they'll have success. And like, even when they give up a little bit of pressure, a lot of times it doesn't result in a sack. So you got to give the offensive line a little bit of credit there. So I gave him an a minus. I, I was nearly a B plus, but I bumped it to an a minus because overall, Utah has had success in part with their backup quarterbacks in there because they've been given time to make plays. And overall up front, the Utah offensive line has been really good this season. Yes, I think at times Spencer, I would not give Spencer Fano an A, of course, for example, but I think he is trending in the right direction. I think he's doing a lot of good things too. So still like the tape that Spencer Fano is putting out. But um, I, like the other guys across, I think that uh, like Satao Almeya is doing a really good job. I still think even though he'll get beat for a time for time and even like the A pluses, like these guys aren't perfect. They'll make mistakes, but Overall, I still think they deserve an A plus, just like the offensive line. I still think they deserve an A minus because despite that they will have missed assignments at times, they will also come through and really execute like they did on that final drive against Baylor, given Nate Johnson time, like they did on the first play of the season, given Bryson Barnes time to make that throw, like they did against Weber State running the ball down the Wildcats throat. Like those are examples of the offensive line executing at that elite level. And I think they deserve an A minus. It's not an A plus because of we still see those missed assignments, pressures broken in, things like that. It happens but it hasn't happened at a high enough rate, in my opinion, to drop them below an A-. But I could definitely, that's just my opinion. I could definitely hear the argument to otherwise. So give me your guys' offensive grades. I'm very curious to hear those. And I'm going to be looking through those on tomorrow's show in the comments. But before we get out of here, I do want to talk to you guys about all the defensive grades. I got four defensive grades for you. And uh, I just realized looking back through my notes, I actually didn't give the special teams units a grade. So um, I'll be doing that at the the end of the show too i'm very curious what some of you guys' special team grades would be after uh what we saw happen against weaver state but uh we're going to dive into those in a moment but first i want to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode in jace medical everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected that's why jace medical offers the jace case the jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so you are not just hoping that you can have access to the medication in an emergency Jay's Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. Jay's Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360. That's right. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON. That's all caps, no spaces, at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E. M-E-D-I-C-A-L dot com. Promo code locked on. 
All right, to close this one out, let's do some defensive grades. Defensive grades are going to be very high. This Utah defense has given up a combined 31 points, and they've played Baylor, Florida, and Weber State, who's a top 10 FCS program, and they have only given up a combined 31 points in the season. It's incredible. They have yet to allow an opponent to, to score more than 31, just elite stuff from the Utah defense so far. And actually, the Bruins defense, I don't think they've given up more than 13 either, but once again, just a little bit of a difference in the, the opponent in, uh, in that regard too. So defensive grades, uh, defensive line, I, I went with an A. I very much flirted with an A-plus here. I, I think an A is fair. Like when you look at the first half against Baylor, some of those long runs, um, there are times that they haven't gotten to the quarterback this season. I just don't feel like, I think A-plus should be revert, reserved for, like I said, just like the best defensive lines in college football. And I think Utah is a really good one but I just don't know if they generate pressure at that high enough. They don't, Utah doesn't get home with four enough to me to be an A plus. I think that's the biggest thing here from a run blocking standpoint. I, I think you, you can make the, I think I probably have them as an A plus in that category. Yes. They've gotten gas from time to time. And I mentioned even just the Baylor game, right? But like, even when I say that, I think I'm like, that's only one half. That's just being overly critical. They, from a run blocking standpoint, the defensive line, especially once junior Jafuna hit his stride, once again, they're an A plus, but I think they're more an A minus when it comes to getting home on pass rushes. Right. And I think Logan Fano, um, and uh, Jonah Ellis do a very good job of that, but once it's just not consistent enough to me for to put that in an A plus. But the defensive line has done a good job stifling the run. All we heard about was Florida's rushing attack, and Florida could not get it going against Utah. We saw them getting it going against Tennessee, though. Same thing with Baylor, right? They had that success in the first half. Utah cleaned it up in the second half. We knew Weber State wanted to run the ball. They did it on one big play, really, and then scored a couple, and then a couple of get punched in the end zone. Outside of that, Utah was dominant. So Utah defensive line deserves an A, and. Uh, of course, when talking about the the front seven, just in general, and just the success that a defensive line has, a lot of that is contingent on linebackers making those tackles. And I that's an and it's another A for me as well. I think those guys have done a very good job. It was a bummer to see Corinne Reed get hurt um, early on, but it sounds like he's come back and is. Uh, we saw him against Weber State now, so he should be back in the fold. But he's been very good. Lander Barton is looking dangerous out there. He's looking nice. I mean, he's flying around the field making plays. Already had the pick six too. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Lander Barton. As for moving on, uh, other guys too. Oh, Levi Demuni. I think Levi Demuni has been really good um, this season, stepping up and filling in at times for Kerry Reed. Just whatever. Utah has three elite linebackers. To me, there's been missed tackles. Uh, guys will come down too aggressively, and then they'll leave a gap open, and it'll create a rushing lane. Like that's the only reason it's not an A plus. But I do think they deserve an A overall here. So I think two A's for the defensive line linebackers. Then when you're looking at the DBs, to me. I, this is another one I was like, okay, not an A plus, but like, should I give them an A minus or an A? And I ended up going with an A minus. I just, and I should say the defensive backs are just the corners. That's why we actually have the safeties grade in a moment. So the corners are miles battle, JT Braun and Zamaya Vaughn. And I think they still deserve to be A's, but I think a minus is fair because they have gotten gashed at times. And it's hard to play. It's hard to play corner in the, in college football. There are so many explosive and athletic receivers too, but at the same time, Utah has gotten beat on some big plays through the air on a couple occasions against Weber state and against Florida too, even if the Florida stuff was more on garbage time. Um, and also just like the stuff with miles battle against like, this is, I think miles battles like cleaned that up. And I think he's good going forward. Right. But like when, when you're talking about grading the first three games, him giving up that huge pass against Baylor, that has to factor into the overall grade of the cornerbacks because that one single mistake nearly cost Utah that game. There were a lot of other factors that would have led into a Utah loss, like the offense struggling for so much for the first few quarters. But if let's say Utah, like Sione Vaki wasn't able to push the Baylor receiver out there, that's a Baylor win. And then Utah is only two and one instead of three and zero right now. So 
These are just kind of the slight differences, the small things like that that presented from being an A to me. And it said, I'll make an A minus because overall, I do think JT Broughton's Maya Vaughn. Tao Johnson's been awesome to watch his breakout season really play out here. But yeah, Broughton, Vaughn, Johnson, Battle. I think they've been pretty good, but that's why I give them an A minus, but not elite enough to earn an A or a normal A or higher. But you know, has been elite enough. I'm giving my second A plus, and it's to the safeties. I think Sione Vaki and Cole Bishop have been, been that good. I think they've been that dynamic. I think they've been that dominant in a lot of regards to that, too. When you look at what they've done on the season so far, Bishop's 17 tackles. We know he's got two sacks, had that huge interception. He's broken up big plays down the field. Sione Vaki only has 10 tackles. I feel like I can remember almost all 10 of them. They're all in space, really difficult ones. I already mentioned the one to save the touchdown when Miles Battle got deep beat late in that, uh, Baylor game. So those guys can make plays in the line of scrimmage. They can make plays in coverage. I, I think they are an elite safety tandem. I think they're one of not just the best in the Pac-12, but I think they, they're one of the best in college football too. I'm a huge believer in both their skill sets. I, I think they deserve A pluses. I think they're lights out in terms of tackling, in terms of coverage. They're the total, just they're everything you'd want in a safety at the collegiate level to me. So both those guys earned A pluses. Now for our final, final grade, as I mentioned, when I was doing this, I forgot to do this. We should throw in special teams, right? Uh, punting, Jack Bomeister, A++++. He's been awesome. Two special teams player of the week awards for the Pac-12 in just three weeks on the season and his top 10 in punting overall. Absolutely deserves to be in this list. Hats off to him. Cole Becker. When Cole Becker's, I think the kicking game overall, I would give an A-2. minus I think when you look at the last week, that the botched holes and everything. I know Becker wasn't in there, but like we're evaluating the field goal and the kicking unit in a hole as it pertains to field goals and PATs. Uh, he did Becker did miss that 155 yard or so. It you know not perfect. That's where I'm like might not give him an A plus in that regard, but still been. I mean A is very good. I, I don't know about you guys. When I was in school, I always took A's. Like I was happy with B's, but I was happy with A's as well. So I think I don't think there would be too much qualms about that. But uh, overall, the field goal unit has to suffer a little bit because what happened last week with the high snap and then the Bomeister, I think it was holding it. Uh, wasn't able to bring it down and in so that they could get the field goal off. That just can't happen. So sorry, Bo Meester, even though you get the A for being the punter, we got to knock you a little bit there. So A minus for the, the field goal game for Utah. And uh, then that would take us to the cup kickoff game and like the coverage overall. Overall, Utah's kickoffs have been good because Becker's been able to get it out of the end zone. Last week, Becker wasn't in, so Utah wasn't able to do that. They were tested. Now, we already talked about on yesterday's show, too, how elite the Weber State returner is. He's one of the, he set FCS records last year. So, like, he's he's really good. He actually might be the best guy Utah plays this year, to Kyle Whittingham's point about what a good returner he is. So, I don't want to hold them up too much for that, but that was pretty rough last week, even though there wasn't issues against Florida and Baylor. So, I think of B, I'll just go solid B because of how rough it was against Weber State, but they didn't get, get beat for a touchdown, so still has to be above a C to me because they haven't given up a touchdown in the punt game. They haven't really allowed a big punt all season, I don't think, and they, I know they haven't. And outside of the Weber State game, not any huge kicks, and part of that's Cole Becker's ability to get out of the end zone. So, like I said, kicking game final is a, I'll go with a B. So, yeah, that's where I stand on the position grades for the various Utah positions. I'd um, love to hear from you guys as well what you think. Uh, you can even grade the coaches if you want. I would give, like, I think Kyle Whittingham absolutely deserves an A plus. He always does a great job. And I think Andy, I think Andy Ludwig, I would give eight A minus just because I thought in the first game, especially kind of the the quarterbacks, I just felt like some of the offensive issues was was on Andy Ludwig a little bit. Why Utah in the, against Florida didn't have as much success in the second half offensively uh, against Baylor. 
you know, just sticking with Bryson for so long. It's actually, it's something I would have done too. I thought he did. I would have also stuck with Bryson just at the time. Cause I thought he was a better option. So I would have gone down with the ship. And if I was, I was like grading myself, I'd also give myself a poor grade with that one until you put Nate and stuff, but still offense is producing, still finding ways to win, still making things happen with your starters. Now, just the fact that both Cam and Brain are out, you could argue it could be an A plus, but that's why I'll just go, I'll just go a solid A for Ludwig. And Morgan Scali A plus the, the defense is dialed in. So let me know your guys' grades below. As a reminder, check out Locked On Pac 12. Me and Spencer chopping it up about Cam Rising's injury. And on tomorrow's Locked On Youth, I'm going to be diving into Cam Rising's availability and talking about the matchups I really think are going to define Utah's top 25 matchup against the UCLA Bruins. That'll be on tomorrow's Locked On Youth. We'll see you then.